We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Friday, March 31st edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. I can't believe we've made it to the end of the month. What a long month March is after the 28 days of February. Uh, So, you know, we made it here. I'm proud of us. I want to start this podcast by asking you a simple question. Uh, Some of you uh, will will message me really nice things about how much you love the podcast. And I really can't say enough about how much I appreciate that. Like, makes my day a, a lot of times to know that there are people actually listening to the words that I spout out here every day. Some days the words are wrong. I was informed that I was saying Oasis incorrectly on the last few podcasts, which I agree with. In my mind, I was thinking of Oasis as like a breakup from the monotony. Um, But Oasis is usually viewed as a good thing, and I'm using it as a bad thing. So thanks for that shout out. Um, I cannot remember. I think Warden Warden of the North on Twitter gave me that shout out and reminded me that there's probably a better word choice. Kind of the way I say... There's another word I screw up for convoluted. I cannot remember it. But if you're a listener of this show every day, you probably make fun of me because I screw that word uh, up all the time. Do I say, I don't know what word it is. Now that I'm thinking of the thing I say wrong, I can't find the right one. Uh, Anyway, long story short, what I would like for you to do, if you could, if you love this podcast and you tune in every day, leave a review. Uh, The reason I ask is because if you have not paid attention, maybe you haven't, there are a lot of Cleveland Browns podcasts that are across the uh, podcast platform um, you know, world out there. And, and what this does, if you leave a review, and I'm not begging you for five stars here. You can leave a one star if you don't like the show. It'd be a little weird if you tuned in every day and you didn't like the show, but you still tuned in every day. But um, I always love honest feedback. But I just think if it, the more reviews you get, the higher up you get when you get on the search query for Brown's podcast and uh, always trying to find new listeners and all of that to what we do here at the OBR Film Breakdown. So uh, I'm asking, begging, pleading for you to do that if you're a loyal listener you don't have to write anything up and go crazy but just five stars would be really nice oh nope i did it i just begged for five stars whatever of you you have is good enough for me just asking you to do that whether you listen on spotify or you listen on apple appreciate you much if you could do that so that's a simple ask on a friday i'm pumped to have andrew spade here for franchise mode we are gonna play a really weird game on this friday we have talked about almost everything i think we can talk about 
in March around free agency and a lot of the discussions around the players they have brought in and what the league has done. Uh, we cannot talk about Lamar Jackson anymore at this point. I think we've gone too far down the road for an opposing player. Uh, we've talked about Aaron Rodgers. We've done a lot of different stuff. Yesterday, I talked with Jared Mueller about some expectations, both guys who I think will meet them and guys who I think will fall a little bit below what your expectations are for them. Uh, that's a fun listen. Go back and check that one out. Today, we're going to do something as Marvel fans where we play like a multiverse madness sort of Browns world here. And and Andrew and I talked about this off air when we came together tonight. It was a little bit of, yo, man, what do we want to talk about? Because there's like, I know we do NFL broad landscape stuff here, but sometimes there's just nothing going on. And that's the way it's going to be over the next uh, four months after, especially after the draft, where I refer to it as the Oasis, but it's probably like the Sahara Desert's the better way to put it, right? It's very dry, not much content floating out there. So we decided to come up with a fun game where we go back to last year and we say, Hey, you know what the reality is that we're living in, what they're doing right now, where the team is, but what about if things played out differently? Okay. So, you know, in this scenario, we're talking about a world in which there are more than one Spider-Man characters. Now we're just going to say if the Browns didn't land Deshaun Watson, what would the team look like? Cause that's the pivotal. I mean, it changed everything, right? You could say it changed the course of the franchise it changed public opinion. It changed the viewing of some fans. Um, it, it's done a lot. Some good, some bad, mostly bad so far. We'll see if the good comes down the line here. But uh, to me, this exercise is interesting to look at what decisions were made and what it could alternately look like. Whether, again, you might like that route or you might not. So let's let's dig in. First, before we do that, though, Andrew, I have to ask, man, how was your Thursday night going? We're watching some Guardians game, got it on the side. The MLB decided to give us a... 10-10 start in Seattle for the opening of this uh, baseball season, which is pretty rude. So I, I imagine you're watching too, and hopefully you're enjoying uh, what is a 0-0 baseball game midway through. But I hope you're well, man. How are you? Uh, yeah, doing great, Jake. Uh, happy for baseball to be back in, in, in its real form. I, I didn't really watch any spring training. So um, sitting down tonight and watching the first bit of this game with Castillo and Bieber, it's like it's like a different sport, man. I mean, the the pitch clock has transformed the game as far as I can say so far. And so um, I, I don't know how I feel. I'm like, it's like too new to even know, you know, it's, it's like the first time tasting a new food. I'm just like, I don't even know what I just experienced. So um, I mean, the pitchers look great. Uh, I don't know. It makes me feel like maybe the guardians are going to score 15 runs all season, but uh, it, it, the season will be over by June. So that's cool. So I, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. It's it's different, and I'm I'm really definitely getting used to it. And I do think this game will end before we finish this podcast. It is fat. Well, it's the fifth inning. They're going into the fifth inning, right? It's eleven yeah. twenty. They're an hour into the game, yeah. and it's already the fifth inning. And like I get both sides of it. I made the comment earlier because Bill Simmons, who people like to pick on, I get it. It said something about like you know I like the pitch clock because it was like Corey Kluber threw twenty eight pitches in an inning, and I barely realized he threw twenty eight pitches and was struggling. And like. Um, to me, it's it's just sort of fascinating to look at the pitch clock stuff and think about all that comes with it. And I thought people were more against it because I said, like, unpopular take. I like it, too. And then people were like, well, why is that unpopular? I'm like, right. I'm just saying I like it. Quit, quit paying right. attention to the word unpopular. <laughs> I like it. But like uh, w what was funny is I saw an article from Bryce Harper that the Philadelphia athletic guys did. It was just one guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. And I don't think there's a big crossover here, so I don't I don't hope it doesn't offend viewer or listenership here. But. 
Bryce Harper was talking through his at bat in the NLCS to put them up in the bottom of the, I think it was the bottom of the eighth inning to, to, to hit that two run home run. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the thought process involved in all of that and where he was in this one, one pitch. There was a one, two pitch it was a changeup that was down a down changeup that he spit on to get it to two, two. And then two pitches late, I think it was actually the next pitch or maybe a two pitches later, he hit a home run. And he was just talking about how like with the pitch clock and like, if everything I was doing was sped up, I wouldn't, have hit, I would have chased that change up down. And he's like talking. So I'm like, that's an interesting thought process, right? Where in those crucial moments, you can see this being a problem for some yep. hitters maybe, or just it can change outcomes. So it is going to be a, a completely mm-hmm. different world here. I'm, I'm actually wrong. It's the top of the sixth in this game. Yeah. It started yeah. at 10, 10, it's 11, 22. Mm-hmm. And it's the top of the six. It's kind of bananas. Now I know neither team has really hit the ball too well, but yeah, different sport, which I think is good. I think these games should go faster. So yeah, I, your um, point though about the postseason is it's such a different game in the postseason. I mean, for sure. And so maybe they loosen it. Maybe it's more like thirty seconds per, per pitch in the postseason or something. I can't see. I can't see this pace being sustainable through postseason baseball. But I guess we're going to find out. I mean, it's it's very strange to be you know. 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it was steroids that changed the sport, you know, somewhat permanently. And I think this is on track to do the same thing. I, that may be, I'm glad that we got that recorded because that might be an overreaction that I regret by like, you know, mid-April. But uh, I'm glad that I said it on the record. Well, you pair that with the shift banning and some stuff right. like that. And I, I do think right. it's going to have a lot of impact on baseball. Um, we'll see, though. We'll, we'll revisit this. I know you guys will really care about it, checking in with the Browns and Andrew and I are yeah. talking about baseball. So you're Come here back for that. for the baseball I, oasis in May. <laughs> That's right. You know, it'll be uh, hopefully the Guardians are still competing. Never know. Um, OK, so we're going to play this game. The game gets teed off with taking us back to 22 and, and going through, I think, our two plausible decisions that would have been made off of Deshaun Watson. If you recall around the 15th, if the trade was made on the 17th or the 18th, I do not want to pull up the Adam Schefter tweet. I'm not going to do that. And if you're that serious about this exercise, it's probably not the best episode for you. We're not going to get overly serious about the minor details, but it was around the 17th, 18th. It was rumored that the Browns were out of it a couple days before, right? Maybe even a day. I, I cannot remember the exact timeline, but that they were out of it, and we'd all kind of moved on. And from that moved on point, mm-hmm. we thought either Baker Mayfield was coming back, and now there have pe- been people who said, no, like they weren't keeping Baker no matter what. They were either going to trade for Matt Ryan or Cousins or somebody, um, but they weren't keeping Baker. But in a world where we don't know that for sure, we're saying there's two outcomes that were possible here. Basically either they were trading for Matt Ryan or they were keeping Baker Mayfield all year. I don't think, and again, correct me if I'm wrong here, Andrew, if they went either of those routes, which Matt Ryan was traded for like a third round pick. um, If they went either of those routes, I don't think it changes the season much. I I think they still would have gone around seven and 10. Um, You could, you could sway me a game above or below. Um, Certainly with the way Matt Ryan and Baker Mayfield played, you could, you could, you could sway me well below uh, in in a reality, but I mean, even I don't want to get too crazy about this. I just think seven and 10 kind of feels like what the town around the quarterback here was a, is attainable top. And now we view that as the bottom end of what they could have done last year. That's probably the top end of what they could have done with Ryan and Mayfield. So we'll say they still went seven and 10. Do you want to object to that? And do you think I'm wrong about it in any way on that one? Uh, No, I don't object to that. I I think, you know, I, I, I think, I mean, one of the things that's most frustrating about the 2022 season for the Browns is that 
you know, we expected quarterback pr- play to be the main problem over the first, you know, 11 games of the season. And it was their, maybe the last problem they had, you know, they had, yeah. they had defensive issues. They had, uh, towards the end of that stretch, they had offensive line issues. They had receiving talent issue. You know, they, I mean, they had almost every issue in the book except for quarterback issues. And, and now there were a few late game interceptions that Brissett threw that cost them a chance to win some games. But, um, no, I, I think seven and 10, you know, I mean, it's the, it's the old Bill Parcells thing, right? You're, you are what your record is. Like, I mean, we can get into the weeds on this, but I think like the, the purpose of this exercise is to take like a big picture philosophical look at a different road. So quibbling about a game here or there, that's, I, yeah, I think seven and 10 sounds good. So they've got the 12th pick in the, in the 23 draft in my mind. Yeah. And that also would have meant if they, if they, um, <clears throat> if they kept, out of the Deshaun Watson situation, it would have been the 13th pick in the 22 draft, which is something that we would revisit now. Right. So yeah. we're not going to yeah, go yeah. into like, they gave up a third round pick for, you know, they could have found ways to trade out of their current two that they would have had even with the old draft capital and, and still ended up with Martin Emerson. So we're not going to rewrite all the history, but they at least would have had that first round pick. Now, a, a reminder, if you have forgotten, because it was such a, it was such a jarring moment back then. They were after a wide receiver going into that whole draft. We were talking Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Is Jamison Williams knee going to be right? All that discussion. Well, here's what happened in case you forget all three, all four of those guys went before pick 13. So what the, uh, what the, what the Texans did was trade down two slots. Philly jumped up two slots and put tech, the Texans at 15 and I think that if all four of those receivers would have been gone, Andrew, I think that they probably would have done something similar. Moved down mm-hmm. a couple slots if the opportunity yeah. was there. The The Eagles uh, gave up a fourth and a couple fifths to move up two spots in the first round. And I think, okay, so if the, if the, if the Browns were picking at 15 or even 13, the next two wide receivers to go were Jahan Dotson and Traylon Burks. Okay. Both of which, I mean, Jahan Dotson did not have as much first round buzz. I mean, him being taken pick 16th, I remember that draft being pretty jarring i mean that he Mm -hmm. was going that high a guy that was clearly liked more by nfl circles than by um you know mock simulators and and, uh twitter draft experts um so that was a bit surprising but then you look at what Jahan dotson did he had a 600 yard year seven touchdowns had a nice rookie year uh trail on burks not as great a year was really slow but picked it up by the end of the year and ended up with like 450 and two touchdowns i mean the next receivers to go christian watson went at pick 34 Wandale Robinson went at pick 30, sorry, 43. Mechie went at 44. Um, that would have also been a, well, they traded up with Cleveland for that pick. That's right. Yep. And Tyquan Thornton, George Pickens, 52. So anyway, long way off. So we would say that the Browns would have, if we just said the next pick, Jahan Dotson. So that guy would be on the roster right now. So that's Although, the big difference. Let, me, let me just jump in here. Cause I, I we, we talked about this pre-show and now I'm, I'm going back on what I said. Um, I do think I remember going into that draft that I was intrigued by Jordan Davis just because the Browns had mm-hmm. such a hole at run stuffing defensive tackle. And I mean, I know that Jordan Davis physically is a little bit bigger, but he's really the same type of player as, as a Dalvin Tomlinson. So I, I just wanted to make that observation. There's also Kyle Hamilton out there uh, who went to 14 to Baltimore. That's another name that I think is really interesting. And if they did drop down a little bit more, another name that you know, I think knowing that they ended up drafting Martin Emerson, you know, Trent McDuffie is Mm -hmm. had a really great start to his career and, and has that sort of slot versatility that Emerson doesn't. Um, So I just wanted to mention a few other names where I think, 
you know, if we're talking about like what this Browns team looks like sans Watson, one of the things is they probably have one more premier player on the defensive side of the ball or a wide receiver. So I know that muddies it up a little Uh, bit, but I'm just saying. No, it's very fair. I mean, if you say they're taking Jordan Davis, which is again, fine by me, um, that's a premier defensive tackle. Now he had an uneven rookie season. He only had 12 pressures, 270 snaps. They were very patient with him. Um, he had a really nice playoff run. Um, uh, but again, he didn't have a sack. So, I mean, again, I think you can go any route there. Uh, it doesn't matter to me, which I say we just settle on one. I'm fine with Jordan Davis. I mean, I, I am because I think he's developmental player and you, you, you spend, you spend to get right. So, yeah. um, let's just say Jordan Davis is, is in the defensive tackle. I know I so, kind of called an audible there, but yeah. Oh no, that's okay. That's all right. We'll, we'll, uh, I, I don't know how much they liked Traylon Burks. I don't know how much they liked John Dotson. I don't know. Right. So yeah. in a sense of keeping the wide receiver room the same, but adding a defensive tackle, I'm fine with that. So we'll say they added Jordan Davis. Um, and then, okay. So um, they, obviously the big thing here is they don't, the salary cap situation, right? The looming right. 230 million when the, you know, the Browns have been adjusting things like crazy here with Watson's cap uh, situation, right? They did it last year to save more rollover money for this year. They restructured the second time now his contract. And um, when we look at now, okay, this year, if they have picked 12 this year, the cap is also a lot more flexible. But again, whether they traded for Matt Ryan or whether they kept Baker Mayfield, you don't have a quarterback right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're going into this offseason with a lot more flexibility in the contract uh, scenarios, you know, without a quarterback. Uh, on the roster that's that's taking 230 million but you don't have a quarterback and um that is <laughs> that's damning because you and I talked last week that had the Watson deal I, again we're playing we're dancing on a fine line here I don't think any other team was giving him a guaranteed contract it would have been a plumpy contract to the Falcons or wherever he went the Saints whoever he went to yeah um and maybe that ultimately moved what Lamar wanted but I think we can all agree that 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 it feels like Lamar would have signed with Baltimore by then by now right so agreed Agreed. uh, we would say that Lamar is not available and um you know that that obviously puts you and we agreed last week that the Browns probably wouldn't be in Fran Rogers so right we're going into this without those two quarterbacks on the market for us so that usually points us toward if we have all of our picks you have Jordan Davis it probably points us toward a trade. Now, we're picking 12. We're not picking nine, right? Carolina goes um, up from nine to one. What does that trade look like, Andrew? They go from nine to one. Um, you have what they ended up giving up in totality. Yeah, it's uh, it's obviously this year's first, so the ninth overall. And then it is, um, you know, this year's uh, this year's second as well. So that would be, you know, 42 uh, out the door as well for the Browns. Um, and then next year's first and then a f- second and 25 plus DJ Moore, who I think the consensus was, was really probably worth a first round pick or very so you close beat to that. it. Yeah. So you have to beat that or the question is, okay. So if you, if you're not beating that, the Texans aren't moving because they need a quarterback. Right. Then maybe you could call Arizona for a quarterback, but then you're taking the third 
quarterback on the scale. Now, again, who knows what their preference is and they feel like they love, maybe they love Will Levis or mm-hmm. I don't know who knows Anthony Richardson of the world. If you're moving up from nine, 12 to three, yeah, you're probably giving up something similar. I mean, maybe right. not a, a player as good as DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. So maybe the, a team like Arizona would settle with heaven forbid, Nick Chubb, who is uh, a less valuable position on a plumpy contract. So moral of the yeah. story is you're growing up to three. You're still giving up a second this year, a first next year. And, and I would, was it another second next year? Another second, but in 25, it's like a two, two years out. Okay. So you understand the trade. You're not going to have a first, just like we don't currently right now, don't right. have a first next year. And we don't have a second the following year, but we do have Jordan Davis because we got to pick the year before. Right. Yep. And then uh, this year you were able to pick a quarterback, right? So this year it feels like Stroud and it feels like Bryce Young are going one, two. It just yep. until we see differently, we have to presume that. So you're either taking Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. I would think that they're going to take Richardson. So yep. that's you. So your scenario here is you have added Anthony Richardson and, and, Jordan Davis to the to the current roster. Okay, mm-hmm. two really big dudes, very big humans for the position. Yep. Uh, yep. Great athletes too. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the better RAS scores ever. Yeah. So, so we got that going. I for just us. like you got that going for us. I just like kind of laying it out. That's what it's going to look like. Now the Browns could have bid up and come up with a better trade uh, for the first pick. That probably would have meant instead of the twenty five draft giving up your two, you're giving up a one. Right. Right. So just that's, that's another route to go. Yeah. Can we, let's, can we talk about that for a second? Cause I think that's an interesting question here, right? Is let's, let's say that the Browns, we know that they have the appetite for making that sort of outbid everybody trade because they did it for Deshaun Watson. Right. Mm -hmm. So the version of that in this draft, as you just said, is giving up your, your first this year at 12, your first next year and your first in 25, Plus, you know, whatever, a, you know, a, a bag of balls and, you know, uh, uh, Jordan Elliott, just because, you know, it's, he's the first guy I always pick on. Um, right. So it's it, it's it's a it's a big trade, but we know that the Browns have the have the desire to make that sort of a move for a quarterback because they did it. So they're in a position here where they can't get the proven veteran option because Deshaun Watson is playing in New Orleans now or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh and they're in a position now where they have the 12th pick and the first pick is, is for sale because the bears, you know, don't want a quarterback cause they've got Justin Fields. So the Browns are willing to give up three first round picks to move up to one. Now the Browns control the draft from the first pick. So we are spending, we, they made the trade before free agency. We are spending six weeks of our lives. You and me, Jake working for the OBR writing, a literal Titanic sized boat worth of articles about what they do at one, the mm-hmm. benefits, the risks of all these quarterbacks, you know, trying to guess who Richardson would be as a, as a pro is, is Stroud, you know, does he have a, enough upside? So I think it's worth having a conversation. What, what would you want the Browns to do if they held the number one overall pick in this draft? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What I think they would do is go C.J. Stroud. I really think when they picked apart everything and they peeled back all the layers of the first overall pick, I think that they would end up going Stroud. Now, would there be a big uh, a big overarching lesson here that they the toolsy player of an Anthony Richardson is worth the risk? Uh, would would they be interested in going smaller quarterback again, right? And Bryce Young. Um, clearly a more talented quarterback than Baker Mayfield, but right. another undersized outlier. I, I think it's interesting, man. And I don't have that answer because I have not cared enough right. about exactly. studying these yeah. guys at the level right. I would need to make a really, really right. informed opinion. From here, Stroud's the safest pick. I think the, right. the ball release, the way he's able to quick flick the football, I do think he's a nice processor. He does make some mistakes here and there, but for the most part, a great ball placement quarterback. Uh, room to grow. Didn't start a ton of games at the college level, but I think he's the safest pick. Bryce Young is fun. Uh, if I was Houston, I feel like I'd really like taking a risk on him and, and just everything I think he can be as a two-way running, throwing, but also so calm in the pocket for his size and able to 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 decipher levels of the field that you have. You've got to think that there's no, like I would just remember many times when he's in Alabama, I, I, I can't, how's he seeing it? I, and he does. Yep. Yep. And Anthony Richardson only started a year, but he has a guy. I mean, Josh Allen changed everything. The way Josh yep. Allen was able to overcome those issues changed everything. And when you hear Richardson talk, he certainly says all the right things. He sounds very mature. All the things yeah. you want a guy like that to say, he says it and he's got all the tools. So I just think that they would go Stroud. So, again, this is not me being like, I, I think this is going to be the best player. This is just this is just what I think they would do, having not gone deep into the weeds of studying these guys. So I think in this exercise, if we're saying they move up to one, that's you accepting that they have moved off of a player of some kind and a right. couple first-round picks in the future. So yep. that seems to be what it was going for uh, in some way, shape, or form. So – you know, going again, when you might say, well, that's not what the Panthers gave up. Well, there are nine Browns are 12. Right. That's different. Right. That's three spots. You got to beat them. You got to beat them. So yep. that is uh, now in this hypothetical world, 
we are saying that you added Jordan Davis. You have added um, CJ Stroud to your roster. Um, and then, um, well, it depends on if they went to one or three, right? I, I think that's one of the interesting questions here is, you know, I think your point is great. I and mean, I'm not trying yeah. to let you like sway me off of everything I'm saying. I did let you talk me into yeah. Davis, you bastard. But but uh <laughs> your point about them, your evidence based point about them wanting to move up and be aggressive, like I do think they would be hyper aggressive. I, I think you're well, right. Like yeah. the evidence we have. And I think it's it, it to me it just opens the interesting conversation of do they would they prefer Richardson even if they got to one just because yeah. They have dealt with limited quarterbacks, and I know that Stroud has a has a has a good arm, you know, but he doesn't have the tools that Anthony Richardson has. But then you think about where the Browns would be in this hypothetical scenario, coming off of taking, uh, you know, a quarterback, it, you know, in Mayfield. It's it's you know how do, so how do they see that? Do they take the bigger swing or do they take the more of the sure thing with Stroud, who fits maybe more of what Stefanski has done historically? It's interesting because it is you know, interesting. I think what I I've, I said this in an article I wrote for the OBR this week, the defining question, and this isn't news to anybody. It's not like I came up with this myself. That the defining question of 2023 is if Kevin Stefanski can allow Deshaun Watson to be his best version of himself as a quarterback. And it's a similar question when you look at these quarterbacks in the 2023 draft. Does Stefanski want to take that swing and try and unlock an Anthony Richardson? Or does he say, well, C.J. Stroud can run my offense tomorrow. So mm-hmm. we bring him in at one we know we're not losing more than eight games because he can, he can do the basics. Right. I agree. I agree. I think it's, it would be a fascinating thing to deep dive on because to your point about a a boatload of articles, there would be a ton of study on this thing, man, where we would be watching so much film and going back and forth. And if you remember that 2018, I do draft process. It yeah. was, it was a nightmare. It was so divisive. It was, so <laughs> it was <divisive>. a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, man. So I there's do, still I do people think that think Sam fun. Darnold was the right pick. There are. And they think Saquon and whatever quarterback was left was the move. Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. The thought they're um, still convinced. They're still convinced. Uh, yeah. I, again, I think we add, uh, I think, I think we just say that they will be aggressive. Uh, they, they, like if they're coming off of a year last year where they were seven and 10 or worse, and they know that the quarterback is the problem. They would be aggressive. They, they would. Yeah. They they they, they yeah. would not want to settle for the third pick. So right. Um. I I think they would go crazy there and make that trade. So again, and Jordan so Davis last year. Yeah. Yep. Jordan Davis, Stroud. Who else did we just say a minute ago that I'm forgetting? Uh. Um, well, I don't think we did. Did we? Was there anybody we else? Talk about, I, we didn't talk about the second round. I mean, the thing we haven't talked about is free agency. Yeah, which which we're going to dive into in a minute. I thought we yeah. said somebody else, but I could be wrong. Um, so, all right. So you added Jordan Davis last year. You're adding C.J. Stroud this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I just said somebody a little bit ago that they. Well, because you were Davis talking about Richardson, but then we decided was I they saying were Richardson to too? Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, because we were going to go to three and get Richardson. Now we're at one, and we got Stroud. So everybody, everybody in Ohio is ecstatic. Yeah, that's that's the question. So, and again there's advantages and disadvantages. Everybody probably, I can't say probably you feel better about Deshaun Watson than you do about CJ Stroud. Cause you've seen Deshaun Watson do special things in the NFL, but the trade-off is five years of a rookie contract and the financial right. flexibility that comes with that. Exactly. So it's not as easy as just putting a quarterback there and a quarterback there and picking one. It is the trade-off of money because the, the, the big quarterback contracts change everything. So let's just keep going. So, the free agent impact. They would go into yeah. this year with a lot of a lot of money. They would they would go yeah. in without having to restructure Watson twice, 
having to create rollover. And I think they'd have a significantly more, maybe not significantly more money this year, but more flexibility to be open to things in the future too. So Mm -hmm. the question is, with that money, do they throw so much money? They probably don't. If you have Jordan Davis, and maybe Jordan Davis here doesn't play 270 snaps in his rookie year, and he plays 400, and he produces a little bit more. Again, we're getting out in the weeds of hypotheticals, but he would certainly play more than 270 snaps here. So Mm -hmm. that you at least feel like we've invested in a big-time defensive tackle. Do you think they're as aggressive about the guys that they're pursuing here? You know, they went after Javon Hargrave and Draymond Jones, go get Dalvin Tomlinson. I'm not sure they're quite as aggressive there. Maybe they redirect that money to Mm -hmm. another position. Um, I'm not sure what that would be or who that would look like. Given well, I think it's, but I think it's Jesse Bates, right? The, the Bates thing would probably be true. I think we could lock in Jesse Bates. The other thing that we didn't answer is the quarterback stuff. Like, do you think they'd be in on car? We didn't answer that. I really don't think so. Just because if you eliminated Lamar, Geno Smith doesn't seem like he entertained any outside options. Mm-hmm. it's it's and you eliminated Aaron Rodgers it's pretty much Derek Carr I mean Jimmy Garoppolo's right. there too right um but then the next two quarterbacks ironically enough are Jacoby and Baker on the rankings of pro yeah. football focus so I, I mean um I just feel like Carr yeah. and Garoppolo are different flavors of Mayfield and Brissett it's all one quarterback right I mean yeah and and like you know we've said this before like Stefanski has made his career in the NFL by getting the most out of those guys but I think at a certain point they want off that carousel. It's exactly why the Panthers are where the Panthers are right now uh, mm-hmm. because they want off that carousel because last year they were doing Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and they want their guy. So now they're going to go get C.J. Stroud. It's the same thing the Browns. I think I, I, I think if, if the Browns whiffed on Watson, then it becomes put ourselves in position for you know the, the first round in 2023 knowing that there are some more prospects on the list. So, so, you know, we kind of glossed over the 22 draft. I think they might probably would have been more aggressive with the trade down into like the late first round to try and pick up an extra one or at least an extra two so that they had more ammo to move up. And maybe that includes trading a player, you know, this offseason. Maybe, you know, maybe if they know that they're going to have a rookie quarterback, they're more aggressive at trading, you know, somebody that, that doesn't fit for the next window, you know, like a, like a Nick Chubb, for example. I, I, I mean, I hate to always bang on about – you know, that one player, but by the time CJ Stroud is, is three years into the league, Nick Chubb is probably at the end of his, you know, I mean, that's, that's his window, right? Yeah, it is. Anyway, that's, that's very fair. No, they could, have gotten, say, they could have gotten a lot more aggressive. You're right. Yeah. You're right. All of that to say, uh, Derek Carr doesn't solve the problem they were trying to solve so desperately <laughs> last year and would be even more desperate to solve if they hadn't solved it last year. So I think it's, it. I think it's, I think it's trade up or bust for the Browns here. Got it. Okay, so they trade up. We're talking about C.J. Stroud. We're talking about Jordan Davis. We're talking about they'd add Jesse Bates. Okay, so they'd uh, they'd be in the market. Jesse Bates probably get him. The only other one, as I'm scrolling through here, I think that they would be interested in, and that is actually interested back in Cleveland in the top twenty, is Tremaine Edmonds. Would you add a younger, dynamic linebacker? So that's a question they could maybe mm-hmm. answer. Yeah. Um, Draymond I think they Jones could, they could have, still be in play. They could have still gone and got Draymond right. Jones. They could have or, or spent more Jordan money Davis at edge, a, right? I yeah, mean, like Jordan Davis is on a cheap contract, so mm-hmm. you could add another dynamic defensive tackle. So let's just do like let's say, yeah, they add Draymond Jones, mm-hmm. and then they maybe go out and add um, 
one more player, like a let's say they go get David Long. Uh, his contract yep. is yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, that's a nice one. Two years, ten million. So you spend yep. a little more at linebacker. Yeah. So you know, again, you I want to write this down and make sure. I'm... Go ahead. I I bet if if this is the scenario and they're bringing in a rookie quarterback and they know they've already traded up and secured the number one pick, they're going out and spending significant money on a tight end. I I would bet you anything. Okay. So they'd, Dalton Schultz is the top tight end on the market. Yeah, they'd be they'd be handing Schultz like a three year contract because they want that security blanket for him for for Stroud, right? They want to be able to run twelve. Yeah, they want to continue to do what they've done. We think they're gonna evolve. Exactly. They're probably gonna to continue to do what they've done. So they would they would go Schultz, back into their shell a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Is added. So that's four. I mean, I don't know that we could go any crazier with that, and I don't think that we even need to. You could no, say that, that maybe they're still the adding somebody like Okoronkwo. You could say you keep yeah. Okoronkwo in this scenario. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that is that. Let's paint the team pictures as we as we say, would you rather have this? Would you rather have what the Browns have now, which I don't need to remind you on what they have, okay? They don't have a pick in the first round next year, okay? They ended up trading off that, and um, that's really the only thing lingering. I think they – I think they – Made, did they, they moved off this year's third, so they'll still have their third next year, second, third, and um, I don't know, maybe their fourth they gave up next year. I don't know. Some Don't pick me apart, guys. I don't have this stuff in front of me. But the basic thing here is that they're missing their first again next year. In the other th- hypothetical here, you have Jordan Davis. You have C.J. Stroud, who we're saying they moved up for, and we're saying that they got aggressive and ended up getting Jesse Bates. You ended up getting Draymond Jones. Those are two big spinnings. David yeah. Long, Dalton Schultz, yep. and Okoronkwo. They went crazy. Yep. I'm, out, I'm kind of feeling like maybe that's a little too crazy. What did what did what did Draymond Jones end up getting on the market? Yeah, you got um, basically what Tomlinson got a little bit more. Like, let me see real quick. I I'm, I'm looking sure it up here. Right. He, he got uh, like three for three for fifty-one. Yeah, yeah, seventeen. I don't think that's too crazy. I, I don't. Considering I don't think they, it's too crazy. They have a rookie crazy. quarterback, and they're so aggressive. Yeah. You know, when they've got money to spend, I, I think they would have seen the opportunity to build a, a. They would have gone for a top five defense. That would have been the play, right? To build a face eating yeah. defense, and then just make make it so that Stroud just has to do the bare minimum, run the ball with Nick Chubb. Probably another running back too would be in the conversation, right? Either in the draft yeah. or Probably in draft free agency. One. Yeah. 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 Go with Ford and draft one and then uh-huh. and then look look forward with from there. Such a yeah. good running back class. So again, reminding you, Jordan Davis defensive tackle would have been taken in the twenty two draft. Twenty three draft, you you're you're getting ultra aggressive going up to one, moving off your second round pick, a reminder, but then giving up your next two first round picks. So you end up you end up getting CJ Stroud, you sign Bates, you sign Draymond Jones, David Long. David Long's only five year, uh, five million per APY, so he's not even that much. Don Schultz, uh, a second tight end, Okoronkwo, and but you you do not have a first round pick in twenty four, and you do not have a first round pick in twenty five. Right. That's the big caveat, and 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 uh, maybe you also lose a third in there somewhere too. Yeah. Probably. Yep. Yep. But you probably still okay. have thirty or forty million dollars in cap space, just off the top of my head, even with all of those signings. The question is, Andrew, as we close, mm-hmm. which multiverse would you like to live in? Yeah, 
I mean, it's it's such a good question, Jake. (laughs) It's such a good question. The thing that makes it extra hard Mm -hmm. is Deshaun didn't look like Deshaun last year. Exactly. Exactly. No, if if Deshaun came out, they went six and zero, and he was he showed all the things that he had shown in twenty twenty. It's a Mm -hmm. slam dunk question because the thing that I'm reflecting on here is that even in this scenario where you've 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 avoided paying the guaranteed contract to the quarterback and handing over three first round picks for him a year later you still had to do the same thing to get up to one to get your guy and you don't have any guarantee that cj stroud is going to be anywhere near the quarterback that deshaun watson was in 2020 so there's uncertainty with both paths i think the 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 uncertainty for the 2023 browns is so specific and this mm-hmm. path that we've laid out, there's like a, a few different ways I can see it going wrong. Not just that the quarterback isn't good, but also that it puts so much pressure on the rest of the team to be flawless, right? And, and you know, what we saw in 2022 was that the defense had the opportunity. If the defense steps up and plays like a top 12 unit in the first half of the season, the Browns are in the playoffs. Easy. Yeah. And they, they could yeah. not get that job done. And I know that, like, they replaced the defensive coordinator – and they've replaced some of the skill. And in, in this scenario, we have them adding even more talent. But I do not want to build a team that relies on defense to win me football games. That's just like a philosophy thing. So if I have a chance to go get the quarterback that has done it before at the NFL level, at a high, high level, even despite everything else that we know goes on with this, I'm still doing it, as, as crazy as that is to say. It's hard to, it's hard to argue that. It, it really is. So... The only thing I will say is on the flip side of your argument, imagine everything else being right, which is what we what we think here. They've done a lot of things that we think are right, right? Thornhill, Okoronkwo, Tomlinson, the things they've done here, Elijah Moore. We think they've done a lot of things right, but it all still rides on Watson. And yeah, like it would really be tough if the defense was really good and the offense is fine, but just it just I think there's a world and I'm not trying to freak people out or be negative where he's just never quite the same guy again. Yeah, like the the freeze, like the, there's a lot there mentally baggage wise for him that I'm hoping he can get over and figure it out. But there's just no guarantee. That's right. And there's no guarantee. There's a perfect harmony, but there could be another coach here. Who knows? In the next yep. two or three years. Yep. But like, I That's just, I'm just episode. saying, <laughs> yeah, it is a future episode. I'm just saying, like, it would be really crummy to feel like we do feel like they've done so much right this off season, and it would be, and all of it really matters is that they unlock Deshaun Watson again, and he's the same guy that was doing dart throw, pulling back the bow and arrow stuff, and Texans like special. Because mm-hmm. if he's not that special again, none of it matters. Never beat Mahomes. Right. You may win the. Okay, yep. I can't say none of it matters because it does. If you win the division, it does matter. They haven't done it in so long since the year I was born, eighty nine. That winning the division would it matters. And saying it doesn't matter is is just it's it's wrong. I, I think that's wrong. I know the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl, and we want them to get there. We hope they do. But to me, that's just, you know, the, the start yep. with winning the division. We'll go from there. But like. I, I I don't know, man. I'm torn. I think it's not as easy as we'd like it to be. You're you're Agreed. totally right about the 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 amount of things that could go wrong, like C.J. Stroud just not being the guy going down that same path of like what the Steelers are doing with Kenny Pickett or what yep. we did with Baker Mayfield. Or is he the guy? There are these moments. Then he's not. Then he 
that's not a fun route to be on. So you no. do the thing you do with Deshaun Watson's trade because you think you're out of that circus. We we are out of that uneven quarterback play drama that is miserable, miserable, miserable. So again, though, this would be a lot easier to answer if in the six games that we saw from Watson, we saw some flashes. But that I'm left with watching that Steelers game again in week 17, and I'm like 18, and I'm like. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I just can't sit here and tell everybody that listens to this pod like, oh, he's going to be back and figure it out. He's going to be perfect. Yep. I think yep. he will. Odds are he'll yep. figure it out and be fine again. But there is a route in this whole simulation, <laughs> the script, right, so to say, where he doesn't ever look like the guy we saw in Houston again for any number of reasons. Yep. And that is that is that is scary because the thing that we didn't really talk about is fan morale, right? It, yeah. it, some people. If you're a listener of this pod, you've stuck around and it didn't bother you what they did. But there are, and to be fair about the feelings of fans, there are people who were really genuinely bothered by it and actually left and walked away from caring yep. about the Browns because of the deal they made mm-hmm. there. So, like, there is that side of it too around. And there's a lot of us. Morale. There's a lot of us that didn't walk away but are still bothered by it. I mean, yeah. like, there, you know, there's a there's a gray area there too where it's like, uh, it's not going to ultimately change my fan allegiances because my grandfather was a Browns fan. My father's a Browns fan. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but I don't like it. Right. I mean, and, and so like that does enter into this whole thing. I mean, I like, if you just want to take the off field stuff and, and talk about, I mean, not that we want to talk about that, but to say like to avoid having to have gone through all of that as fans of, of this football team, it's probably worth it to move to this Stroud scenario just to be, free of all of that. And I think a lot of people probably feel that way. Even those that didn't say that's the last straw and walk away. Um, to, to your point though, Jake, about fan morale. And I think I, you know, I don't, I don't mean this to be condescending at all, but I have seen some stuff on Twitter, you know, in, in through free agency and, and really through the off season that's trying to talk about, you know, trying to read tea leaves about where, Watson is at, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what mindset he's at and where he's going to be come training camp and the season and everything. I, I don't mean to be condescending, but this is just a little free advice for everybody that's a Browns fan out there listening. Just wait until week one. I know it's hard. I know it's incredibly hard. It, it feels like torture to wait another six months to see them play a football game, but don't do not go on Instagram watching videos of, of, of the quarterback doing a footwork drill and get excited about that him putting up 50 touchdowns this year. Just don't, it's just do not do it. The guardians are playing. It's about to be nice weather. There's so many other things to do. That'll be better for your mental health. We, we got it. I mean, I'm not trying to be, I really am not trying to be mean about this, but like we just need to see him do it on the field against an NFL team in September. That's it's as simple as that. So when they, when they suit yeah. up week one and the NFL probably makes them go play Seattle in Germany or whatever, um, you know, when, when they do that, then we'll know when, then we'll have some indication of who he is as a quarterback and where the Browns are headed. It's just, there's no sense trying to read these tea leaves for the next six months. Just save yourself a ton of heartache. Yeah. You need to, you need to see it. There there's thinking that you take a good player from one scenario and move him to another, and it's just going to work. Like it, Odell Beckham's really talented. They moved him from one scenario to this one and it didn't work. There yep. are worlds where this stuff just doesn't work, and that's always a risk. And that that's one thing that the Watson situation has taught me as someone 
you you can't just pluck a player and who is I think Deshaun is really talented and this is ignoring all the other baggage but just plucking him and dropping him into a new scenario does yeah. not guarantee he's going to be successful there is going to be a learning curve there's going to be a lot to get adjusted to he only knew one NFL life in Houston and there are a lot of variables to get comfortable with who knows he he could figure this out and come out and light the world on fire this year that is in the in a, in a very realistic you know absolutely possibility here but there's also still the reason you do entertain the multiverse question goofiness we're doing here is because it's not a guarantee if he came out last year though and he had 13 touchdowns no interceptions in six games or something along those lines we'd probably be not even i mean we'd be doing this but we'd be kind of mocking it we just need to see it it could mean nothing i'm not and andrew's not trying to freak you out i'm not trying to freak you out i'm just saying we gotta see it and I still think if I'm given these two choices, I'm taking the Watson angle. And you said that too, because mm-hmm. of the quarterback, the talent, all that comes with it, we've seen it. Um, not to say it is a way to also show you that if they didn't go this route, they still could have built something. They still, they still clearly yep. could have built something here. Um, that, that was, that was chock full of talent. So I don't know, man, I don't know if we even accomplished anything tonight, but <laughs> it was fun to look at. It was fun to look at what it could have been. Um, to give you a glimpse into like, if you haven't really, really sat down to think about what could the Browns have looked like without making that trade, it wouldn't have been easy. Cause again, we're, we're presuming here that Jesse Bates chooses to go to Cleveland. We're presuming here that right. Draymond Jones chooses to go to Cleveland, that they want to spend that money. There's a lot of presumption on a lot of different things here, but it is to show you that there's a lot of talent that could have been added now losing an additional first rounder on top of you know, the Browns only have one more first round they're losing. They get their first round pick back in 25. The Browns will be giving that up. But again, there's the trade-off of the rookie contract. But the, the biggest trade-off of all is C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. Are they any good? Because that's something we don't know. Um, now, we should feel better about Deshaun Watson because we know he's been really, really good. Um, and it's a funny thing that gets kind of lost in the whole discussion around Lamar Jackson is that like, Hey man, uh, the biggest reason why people were in on, 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 uh, Deshaun Watson was because there were, there were, I think people with a take that he was 2020 was the best quarterback in the game. You could have a real discussion on that. Like he, and again, his team went four and 12 and you can go that route and do quarterback wins angle all you want. He was playing special, special football that year. Like he had put it all together. He was the full package of, of like special that season. So that's why the last taste you had of like Deshaun as a quarterback was this really, really dynamic young player with all the elements you want. And then that's why the trade happens. Now we're sitting here feeling a little uneasy about it because what we saw was not good enough. Not what we expected. We could do this. We could revisit this. And Andrew and I probably will say, Hey man, go back and listen to that pod we did. And it's six weeks into the season. He's, he's lighting the world on fire, right? We could do that and laugh at it. We're just trying to tell you that, hey, there's also there's I do this before every football season. I said this with Jared yesterday. I do it before every year with, hey, there's also a world where your Browns optimism is pessimism should be your thing. So we do a pessimistic episode of like, this is what could go wrong. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's pretty right. Like the predictions about the things that could go wrong end up being kind of right. And it's uh, it's a bit of a bummer because you don't want those things to be right because that means the team is losing but it does happen more often than we want to believe right you know the offseason you're, you're built you're wired to be filled with hope and 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 uh 
um, you know, all those things that come with new acquisitions in the draft and all that stuff, the, the hope springs eternal, all that stuff ties up right with the, with the off season of the NFL, it all works meshes together. So I don't know, man. Um, I think we did something fun here, but maybe we just piss people off for 48 minutes. This game's <laughs> almost over. It's in the bottom. Leave of the a review. Eight. Either way, we leave a review. This <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe not the best episode. Hopefully you paused and left a review at the beginning of the episode uh, <laughs> instead of doing it instead of doing it after. But, you know, anyway, I had fun, Andrew. I hope you did, too, man. I did. I think it's I think it's worthwhile just to think about what these alternative realities look like, because they give you an idea of how fine these margins are, you know, uh, and I think we all remember, you know, where we were when that shocking reversal came down last year and, and Watson chose the Browns kind of out of nowhere. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of universes in which that choice didn't get made. And, you know, it, I think thinking about the many different ways that could have played out is helpful to think about how the Browns got to where they are and, and kind of where they go from here. It's fun. I, I think we'll revisit this, uh, hopefully with the right the the unfolding of the way we wanted it to go over the coming years but it is it was such a franchise defining decision and an announcement and all of that that i think peeling back what it could have been is sometimes an interesting exercise so i hope you guys enjoyed some of it <laughs> i know there's probably stuff you didn't disagree with if you think they should have gone the other way let us know this up on yeah, twitter for sure. up the obr we would love to have that discussion i think it's a fun discussion to have so um, and I hope we, and if we missed a detail or something you want to point out, I'm sure there's plenty of opportunity to do that throughout oh, yeah. this thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to wrap it up for Andrew, for me, um, you know, for, hopefully you guys are enjoying franchise mode. We try to give you a different podcast here, different angles, different thoughts, and I'm enjoying it. And we'll try to hopefully continue doing it throughout the off season, uh, and, and into the, maybe even into the season, because it's a, it's a fun thing to do for a Friday episode to have something different looking around the NFL. So anyway, thanks for being here, guys. Leave a review. I would really appreciate it. It would mean the world to me. Um, and again, I'm not begging you for five stars. Uh, just, just honest feedback is always appreciated uh, in some way, shape or form. Uh, Cause that's, that's the stuff that helps, but it does really, the more reviews you get, the more people can find your podcast. And I think, I think we do okay here. So I'd like more people to find it and appreciate it. So listen, have a great Friday. Thanks for stopping by. Go Browns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.